0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with Aubrey Lois.
1: And I'm a cranky girlfriend, Lois Lane. I need hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> I need Superman to bring me some snacks.
0: Oh, this isn't a Superman podcast, this is an all-Hellboy podcast. Oh, well,
1: in that case, I'm Daniel. <laughs> well, hell- Hellboy will bring you some snacks. Okay, that's good. <laughs> he'll, bring ham- he'll bring you a
0: ham sandwich. Oh, okay. That's what he brought I'd rather
1: have some pancakes, or some hot noodles. Oh, hot noodles would be so good right now. I'm Daniel. <laughs> hey,
0: everybody. This is an all-Hellboy podcast. We're reading, all the- podcast. We're, we're reading all the time podcast. We're that- eating all the snacks. <laughs> we're reading all the Hellboy comics, and every week we interact with our awesome listeners, here is Lois Lane to tell you all about. That's it. right.
1: Thanks, Perry. Wait, who are you in this? You're a Superman. You're always bringing me snacks. Thanks, Clark. You nerd. But what, is, what is the show? Thanks, about? Clark. You big old nerd. Oh, wait. Take your glasses off. You look familiar. Hmm. No. Oh, they're back on again. Well, I guess you're just a nerd anyway. So we're gonna read a. We're gonna read a story. We're gonna talk about it, and then you're gonna listen to us talking about it, and you're gonna you're gonna think to yourself hmm i have some things to say and talk about it too and you're going to send us a hey damn guys that's the emails or you get on the social media and you leave us a little message or a comment you know how that works and then we're going to talk about what you talked about when we were talking about the thing and then it's a book club and it's friendship and, and everybody likes that back to you john
0: ah thank you so much we got to mention the buff raffle yet another buff raffle is yes, going on nice at mike do. mignola's art on facebook excellent you know most recently, Mignola contributed an amazing piece. Yeah. You can win a piece of Mignola art for $5. We've got also got all of our pals on there. Lawrence Campbell is contributing.
1: All your favorites are back.
0: Matt Strackbine, We got Ross Radke. We got this week, Matt Smith was announced. Oh, shit. Yes. He did Long Night at Goloski Station, which is a story that Aubrey and Danielle haven't gotten to yet, but it's a great <laughs> story. I know that you'll love it when we do read it. Yes. And he contributed not one, not two, but three different pieces oh, geez, wow. of original art. Some of it featuring ca- featuring characters from that story. So that is so exciting. Very nice. yeah, yeah, so you got to jump on that buff raffle. There are so many amazing prizes. There's over 40 prizes, more being announced every single week. Craig's not done cranking them out. you got to go check that out on the Mike Mule's Art Facebook group. A
1: lot of people being really generous with their time and their... Labor and everything like that, so really cool, raising money for some excellent causes. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah, wonderful causes. All
0: the donations benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research, the COPD Foundation, Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation, and Sarah's Fight for Hope. So check that out. It goes on until December 31st, and the tickets are $5 each, unlimited, give to charity, win some awesome prizes, all that good stuff, and friendship.
1: And friendship. Yeah. friendship. Yeah.
0: I got some shouts-outs this week. Shouts-outs. shouts out. You know, people have been sharing those Spotify things, and we're showing up on some people's Spotify as their most binged podcast, which I thought was amazing. So (laughs) we got to shout out Joshua Worley. Joshua Worley. Book Club member. Book Club member. We're also going to shout out Christopher Egan. Hey,
1: it's Christopher Egan.
0: Book Club member. That's right. And Steve the Amazing Symbiote.
1: Steve the Amazing Symbiote or Symbiote. Depending no, no, no. on where you live in the world.
0: Okay, no, I actually asked him. Okay. <laughs> I said, how do you pronounce it? All we right. had a good conversation. Oh good, okay. Um oh, it was, was really awesome. good. He said, um, you guys got me into Hellboy and I bought every single cover and trade that I could. Oh wow. Cool stories I have in my collection, hands down, I can always count on Hellboy being a good read, whereas Marvel and DC, you just don't know. Uh huh. He also said, the podcast is very informative. As I would read, I would listen to it the next day on the way to work and see what you guys thought of it. And I was able to make sense of things that I had missed. Truly the best podcast out there. Aww. I did ask him, how do you pronounce symbiote? <laughs> and he said, yeah, symbiote. Symbiote. That's how he okay, pronounces well, it. Okay. He says, I mean,
1: some people don't pronounce it that way. and that's He not, said, you know,
0: uh, I'm not too sure which is right or wrong.
1: But I will say this. Uh, it's really all John. Like, you're like, oh, y'all got me into Hellboy. Well, John got us into Hellboy, so it's just John. Like, you just <laughs> – <laughs> yeah. really, it's, it, it's, you can trace all that back to John. Yeah,
0: well, I think we've talked about this before, but I found Mark's reading order, and I wanted to do a big reread because there was all these things that I never really understood. Like, I never really understood the Hyperborea stuff. I never really understood, like, a lot of the stuff with, like – Hecate and the Black Goddess, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So, like, all of
0: it. And I wanted to figure that yes. out. And I wanted to do like a big reread and yeah. read everything and follow this reading order. And I was like, why don't I just make it into a podcast yeah. and make you and Aubrey do it too? <laughs> well, it's a book club. And, yeah. so The fact
1: that it's a podcast, I think, is just the function of like, how do you have a book club with everyone all over the whole world? Yeah. With, yeah. And that's, yeah. you have, you do like this. So, it's like, if you tell, if you tell someone, if you say, hey, i've got a podcast you know They automatically you're not someone that they typically will want to talk to but if you're like hey i have a book club i mean it's like kind of a podcast like the format of it but it's a book club you know then people like okay i'll do a book club that's fun yeah yeah that's engaging that's it is fun
0: yeah it's been great
1: and i like podcast i like listening to the ones that they teach you cool stuff it's fun yeah all right stuff to blow your mind and whatever what's the other stuff
0: Stuff You Should Know. Stuff You Should Know and all the
1: things that are fun and cool and also whatever. Yeah. That's fun to do. It's okay. It's okay to listen to podcasts. I give you permission. Yeah.
0: So thanks to everybody who's been sharing us on those Spotify lists. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to leave a review on the iTunes. Just do it right in the app. Give us five stars. We got a review from Estelina. Estelina. Book club member, yeah. Five star is a great guide to Mignola books. Most fun I've had in a long time. A true book club community. Aww. Fun, witty, and motivates you to read them all. You won't regret it. oh Yeah, that, that was, was an amazing, amazing review. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, and now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. <laughs> had feedback on our WNO yeah. stories, you know, that we've been reading on Pandemonium. Okay. Jerry Turnbull said... Hey, Jerry Turnbull. Book club member. Yeah. He said, issue 10 was a cracker. I love the pace of it. There's no stopping what's happening, and it just keeps accelerating to whatever the end will be. The sequence with the unconscious Devon being possessed is really interesting, and it was time this horrible wee pipsqueak of a man got his comeuppance. Yeah, it's true. Right mm. from his first appearance... And literally in the first panel, he calls out Kate for being late.
1: No time for wussies here. I had oh, his card oh. marked
0: as a wrong. There he is a <laughs> That's right. Rungin'. Dave's background color choice was really interesting. The red was gone and replaced by a calmer blue. The possession must have been happening in some strange metaphysical realm. Uh. The really interesting bit to me was that when Vivara pulled down his soul, it wasn't the glowy bird shape we've seen associated with souls but rather a horrible, maggoty-wormy thing, just like Devon. Mm, yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I didn't catch
2: that at all, but that is so true.
0: He said, I love seeing Rasputin again, like Holmes and Moriarty. Every hero needs a villain who can beat them. Everything has come full circle. There's no hope of a typical comic reset after this. It's the big one.
1: I mean, we'll get into it later, but it's interesting. Like, I, I kind of, throughout this whole thing, I'm like, uh, what is a why, like why? Because like, the ending we got was pretty good. Where Would Hellboy you... goes to the house in the shapes, like it's pretty good. This seems like a very floppy. Like I don't know. Hmm. So I I hope that it is good okay. at the end because right now it just seems like it's flopping on for longer than it needs to. Really, that's yeah. interesting.
0: I
2: I don't know if I technically agree with that because I I don't know. I've been enjoying it myself.
1: But I'm not saying it's not enjoyable. I'm not I, saying I'm not enjoying yeah. reading it. It's just like like Hellboy is just like I'm a sad, depressed, mopey boy, and
2: I don't seem as sad and mopey. I just seem as
0: more introspective and reflective.
1: Sure, but sure.
0: I guess what you're talking about is the Hellboy and Hell stuff, and that's kind of the end of Hellboy, quote unquote. But,
1: but it wasn't really because then he, they like, oh, we brought him back from the dead, and now he's sad about it. <laughs>
0: But it but it hadn't answered what was going on with Liz and Abe. Yeah, it didn't. And so it was just a Hellboy book. Right. You know what I mean? So they had to fulfill... They had fulfill, to bring him back. They had to fulfill what was going to happen with... Just like you said, I mean, there's this Hecate thing. There's yeah. the fucking That's what I'm um, there's two Osiris issues Club left. and all this kind of stuff. There's yeah. only
1: two issues left. They're going to wrap all that up because they're not wrapping anything up.
0: <laughs> well, it, it's interesting that you say that because... One of the criticisms for this book, and I and I talked with Matt about this, and I don't entirely agree with this, but a lot of the criticisms were like, "Oh, this is being written for the trade, like it's not being written." Oh, like people were saying, right. like, "Oh, it's not satisfying to read it issue by issue." See, it's, that's
1: maybe what it's, I'm.
0: It's more satisfying to read it as as the five issues. It's not
1: as serial as. We've been. M- yes, used I think to, and, yeah.
0: and, and, okay. and, and that was one right, and that was one of the criticisms fair. of the thing.
2: I, I do remember my point. It okay, was back yeah. to what Jerry was saying about Rasputin being back. One of the things I've been liking about the Hubble universe is they don't really bring people back from the dead. I feel like this whole story with Rasputin is kind of just like earned, you know, I just don't feel like he was brought back for no reason. I, you know, me through all throughout the podcast that we've just been talking shit about Rasputin. <laughs> so but it was it was it was cool to see him kind of back and I'm like, okay, now let's see. Fucking round three? Too? I don't know. They but. bring back
1: tons of people from the dead, but it's never. It never seems like it's just yeah. out of nowhere. Like they ran out of stuff to write. You know right, what I mean? Right. It never yeah. seems like that. It's always like this. Seems like it was planned and for a reason. And it's also like, well, it's another incarnation of this person. It's not like. It doesn't ever yeah. go back to the old per well, I'm back and it's just the same old as come exactly. back next exactly. week and everything will be the same. It's never like that at all. And so I think I, I, I think I see what you're talking about. Like I, I agree with that that it's it's creative and it's organic and it's never um it's always evolving. It's never it never goes back to like a formula.
2: I guess it just it, it fits the story. Yeah. Whereas like, yes. whereas like when other companies do it, it fits the marketing.
1: Uh, right, they're telling a story. They're not <laughs> like, okay, well, how do we? What's the correct formula for getting more people to buy this story? Like, they're just they really are out to tell a story. They're you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. I agree with that.
0: We also heard from Ryan Yule. Ryan Yule. Book club member? Of course, Ryan is always sharing his amazing art. So he has that page where Hellboy's looking in the reflection and he sees Roger's porthole. He's oh. got that page. Okay. That's he, a great one. He has that page oh. where the I like him, where Hellboy's saying I like oh, him that's to Liz. Nice. Yeah. Right. He says, <laughs> Sebastian told me this was the most challenging page he drew in the three-issue run. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then he also has that page where they're like, screw it, let's go. And it's got the hero shot. (laughs) Of course. Wow, he's got that page?
1: Oh,
2: I love that.
0: Nice. That's a great one. Yeah, those are awesome. So, yeah, remember if you're checking out our links on our Podbean webpage, our Facebook page, or our Linktree on Instagram or Twitter, you can get a link to Ryan's awesome collection and check that out. He's got some amazing art in there. Spoilers, though, I do have to say, you know, we're not... We're not all the way done, so there are some spoilers in there because, of course, he's got some of the awesome pages there. We also heard from Mark Tweedo.
1: Mark Tweedell. Book club member,
0: sometimes co-host. And Jerry also mentioned this, the cover that had Hellboy on the throne and Black Flame's throne with the red cloth or whatever. Do you mm. remember that?
2: Fuck, I totally wish I'd have caught that. It's
1: the Akira reference.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's an Akira cover. And Jerry posted a picture of Akira issue four.
1: Oh, okay, that's fun. Yeah,
0: and there's a lot of imagery Is he that like has. a Big
1: fan. He's a big Akira fan.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yes.
1: Okay.
0: I think I actually
2: have an issue with that cover on it. Oh, okay. You remember? You remember how I used to like? You know, I we remember how we used to go to the comic book stores together all the time, and I'd always dig through like the bins. I would
0: found a whole bunch of old akira comics yeah you should have caught that aubrey i know (laughs) you
2: gotta give shouts outs slipping motherfucker
1: you gotta give shouts outs when you make that post for the of course yeah
0: mark tweedo also said the thing about Vavara that always surprises me is that she was hiding in plain sight. Mm. I mean, the real Rasputin had a daughter named Vavara. Yeah. The connection was right there the whole time. We just never realized that Yamyeo and Vavara were two distinct entities. Yeah. We thought it was just the demon.
1: Well, I, no, I, I thought Yamyeo had taken over. Did I don't know if I got the wrong impression or not. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he like... He was trying to spare everyone from what, what Vivara was gonna fucking do.
2: Yeah. He I, was
1: like, I was the only thing that was protecting you. Right. I was right. the only thing powerful enough to keep Vivara at bay. Mm. So yeah, really I, Yamiel was like a chill dude. <laughs> and Vivara was like battling well, him for a long time for control. Yeah, but huh.
2: before that before that I thought Yamiel and Vivara were the
0: same
1: person. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He also said, as for Rasputin, yes, in Darkness Calls, his fragment of soul was cast into the roots of the World Tree. As we know, Yggdrasil's roots lie in Hell. So I'd always suspected Rasputin to show up in Hellboy in Hell, but he never did. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: Drew Campbell said... Drew Campbell. Book club member. Yeah. I don't know if you guys pointed this out, but I just realized that Durga, who Ashley Strode invokes to manifest her sword, is the same goddess or the bronze statue of her who commissioned the creation of the Lipu Daggers, one for each of her ten arms. Nice. The Lipu Daggers were featured in the comics, I yeah. think, right? Like Ape saving the Drowning. And then was the dagger that Johan needed to kill Daimiel, was that a Lipu dagger oh, also? No. I don't remember. I can't remember. Cool, though. Yeah, thank you, Drew, for that. Ross Radke said... Ross Radke. Look, remember? Yeah. When the flock of demons are surrounding the ship and all that. I sort of imagine these flocks of demons sounding less like a murder of crows and more like screeching and howling zombie things from I Am Legend, Ooh. a la Mike Patton. Ooh. Did Mike Patton do those sounds from I Am Legend? I know he did the Left for Dead zombie sounds. He did you does know that? so
1: much cool shit.
2: I don't know if he did the zombie sounds for um, I Am Legend, but he definitely does make crazy sounds. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: maybe that's what he's referencing is that he did sound work for other similar things. Maybe he would do that too. Yeah, Yeah, that
2: would be great. I mean, yeah, just check out Phantom Monster, the stuff he did with Dillinger.
1: That stuff that he did on Medulla for Bjork. Incredible. really cool. Just et cetera, you know, anything that he does is great.
2: Yeah, he's great. Great
1: showman, too.
2: Oh, yeah, I've seen him live a couple times.
1: Yeah, a bunch of different yeah. projects. Whatever he does is yeah. good. Yeah.
2: Jason
0: Abaddon Oh, sorry. we're still it's talking about it, Mike Patton. It, it, huh? This has been Mike Patton Corner. This yeah. is the
1: Mike Patton <laughs> podcast now.
0: Superman <laughs> and Mike Patton, what's going on here? Jason Abaddon said. Jason Abaddon, book club member. Book club member. You guys were talking about Hellboy seeing Roger's metal chest thinger. When he looks into the mirror, it might indicate that Hellboy is not playing with his full power mm. since he's in Roger's body. Maybe that's why he's hesitant to go on the mission. He knows he's got something important to accomplish. Mm. Yeah, he's not the same. I, you kind of men- mentioned this earlier. Yeah. We also heard from Clayton Schofield.
1: Hey, Clayton Schofield. Remember? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I want to shout him out. There was a thread on twitter where people were like what was your favorite comic book of 2020 and he was like oh i was reading the hellboy comics with oh, this fun. podcast and so yeah thank you for shouting this out oh on nice. twitter. you're you. shouting
1: out his shout out yeah okay. th- all
0: right that that should have gone in the shouts outs section <laughs> but i saved shout it out. since we already had we some had a feedback bookend,
1: we had a book in shouts outs. there you go <laughs> he, <Shout> said, <laughs>
0: he said he said not sure if this is time to ask, but I'm curious how you feel about the pacing of Devil You Know. Mm. At the time of the release, a concern of some fans was that there wasn't enough attention given to the characters to reflect on the death of their teammates. Personally, I didn't find this to be an issue at all. If it's in the end of the world, then chaos is likely it's going to chaotic, ensue. Yeah. And the ability to control things like finding time to reflect is going to be scarce or not there at all. Maybe this was intentionally written this way. Maybe this was a reflection in the change of the writing teams.
1: If anything, I was like move it along. Like okay. let's go, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like I I like I I completely agree with that. It's completely chaotic on a scale that absolutely no one can comprehend. Right. Who's to say? Right? And yeah. so that's one of those things where of course they are probably mourning and processing these these losses at the same time they got to keep moving it's the, you know it's it's I mean, apocalypse times infinity now like before yeah. it was like oh this is bad and now it's like wow this is i don't even know how could you even process any of that yeah yeah you know so that seems like i if, if anything i was like let's let's go let's keep okay. ro- keep it rolling let's okay you know
2: well, I mean, you, you do make a good point because I mean they're, they're like in a warlike situation. I mean, like when you're in the middle of like that, you know, yeah, you're gonna miss your friends. Like a but dream you still gotta, situation now. You still got to keep going. Yeah, but if I was anything even
1: real at this point, I'd be like, I probably died already. I'm probably dead. I mean, you know, like
2: I mean, and didn't we also kind of address this already with Liz? Yeah, Like, them, like why why aren't they morning? Why isn't Liz morning Tien? And that, like yeah, that? it all
0: started there. You're right. Yeah. And then,
2: But I mean, it's just like, okay, look, we acknowledge that people are dying and we acknowledge that Liz is, but Liz said, I, I can't remember what she said. She said like she's, she misses but or something, but you know, she's got to keep moving forward. I mean, I feel like that's just kind of it. We just like, yeah, we recognize that people are dying, but we've got to move
1: This forward. is all reality bending shit to the nth degree. <clears throat> like there's yeah. no... How would you even express? Yeah, what you would be feeling, like you know, at that point you're in just like a dreamlike state all of the time. Yeah, like well, this might as well happen. It doesn't seem realistic to stop and do any of that mm. at this point. You just got to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Like it sucks, and you miss these people, and you mourn them. I think that they're, I think that they're doing that, but they're also like, hey, well, Rasputin is a magical monster, so that is happening. Yeah, yeah.
2: And the best way to honor those people would be to just keep going on, and you know to. And reveal and some of these some plot sense. points. Yes, I agree. was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and find some. Try to return to some sense of normalcy yeah. when
1: you
0: can. mourn the people
2: you've
1: yes. lost. Yes, that's yeah. when. That's the time to do that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we also heard from Stephen Reynolds. Stephen
1: Reynolds, book club member. Yeah, book club member.
0: Yeah, I posted that awesome team shot, and then Howard's jumps over them nice. with the sword. He said, "Howard's is one of my favorite characters and story arcs in the whole series. Such an that's interesting you have take. That excellent is excellent so, taste. Yeah." Such an interesting take that is so understated. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. Some great feedback this week. Thanks I like you. that
1: book club opinion. <laughs> Stephen Reynolds, book club member.
0: And let's get on to it. Now we're going to go on to our book club episode yeah. for the week. This week we're talking about BPRD Devil you Know Ragnarok. This is the third and final arc of the Devil you Know story cycle and the final BPRD story. Today we're reading the first Three issues, which were published as W. No. 11 through 13. And the internal numbering, this is interesting BPRD issues 158 to 160. Huh. That's how many issues of BPRD you guys have read.
2: Oh, wow. (laughs) And that's just straight BPRD. That's not BPRD 1947 or any of that stuff, right?
0: I think so. Uh, No, I think that those might be numbered too.
1: You know who would know?
0: Uh, Mark Tweedell would know. know. (laughs) (laughs) know. I think the BPRD 1940 series are actually part of this numbering.
2: Either way, that's a lot of goddamn
0: comics. So <laughs> this came out two months after. So we had to wait two months with no issues oh, geez. from the time that Rasputin was revealed until... Again,
1: I never have to put up with any of this that. This story so. came
0: out. It was published on December 2018, and we were already doing the podcast. Yeah. This, the week that this first issue came out, we were discussing BPRD Garden of Souls. When the second issue came out, we were doing the Outtakes episode, and then the third was Hellboy the Wild Hunt.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. What
1: do you think about this cover, Aubrey?
0: Hold on, wait, I'm not done with the Oh, he's got to announce
1: here. the name, sorry.
0: Co-written by Mignola, art by Lawrence Campbell, and special guest spot by Christopher Mitten, which we'll talk nice. about, who did the art on Rise of the Black Flame and the Rasputin miniseries, I The like Voice you, of the Dragon.
1: You came in close to the mic with your hand. yeah. Next to your face, like we'll you're, telling a, like you're mm-hmm. telling a secret. Yeah. I'm, telling, I'm telling a little secret. Uh, hmm.
0: Colors by The Mighty Dave Stewart. Letters by Clem Robbins. And edited by Katie O'Brien. Back to your original question. I love this cover. Yeah. I mean,
1: it is. This is an incredible cover.
2: Man, this is a cover, you know, like, ooh. I'll this is this a comic book store.
1: It's a, that's a good cover.
0: <laughs> yeah. Aubrey, I gave you a bunch of awesome Hellboy comics and i had a du- duplicate of this of this cover and i was going to give it to you but i was like well i can't give him this one yet because yeah cuz it yeah it would <laughs> be a huge spoiler just the cover yet. itself is a huge spoiler so <laughs> that is true but he's so, got uh, one with your I've name on it i've got one on with it. your name yeah. on it yeah and there's also a variant cover which is like a painted ink wash version of this oh. it's probably in the back maybe we'll get to it next week yeah this thing is just a fucking stellar just like I mentioned earlier, we open up on Christopher Mitten. So just like we had that, uh, you know, those Mignola pages in the beginning of Pandemonium, here we start off with something that's a little different. We're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? This isn't Lawrence Campbell. Mm. Yeah, so I love Christopher Mitten's art. We open in... Yeah,
1: I like his style.
0: Guryev, Kazakhstan. This is a city in the capital, Odorah region. It's a transcontinental city in Eurasia located at the mouth of the Ural River, on the Caspian Sea, and it has a different name now, which is Adderal. Right. And so this is November 1912, and we're like in some sort of farm little...
1: Little village area. Yeah.
0: This little girl, Vivara stands at the window. She's waiting for the doctor for her sick mother. The father here lights a candle in the window and puts it in a cup so it won't blow out.
1: The girl was saying, oh, he might not know we're here, there, yeah. so we have to put a candle so this is a family that is, you know, poor. Like they yeah. don't have enough candles to even stay on. They're they're saving their candles, right, which is right. like, you know, candles are typically something that we think of as like easy to come by. And so this is yeah. like really hardcore poverty here.
0: And it's not like the sepia tone flashbacks that we get, but that Christopher Mitten art lends it it's, so yeah, well to yeah. like yeah, this it's so, flashback. It's so good.
1: It's somewhat sepia, but it's not. It's yeah. not washed out. There you sepia, go. But it yeah. That's sepia part of the toned, color palette. Like, yeah.
0: And we see the mom here. She's on the floor. So, yeah, it does look like they're living in some poverty. She's covered up, and her words are all fragile. You know, shout out to yeah. Clem Robbins, right? Uh, putting that little effect on there. Yeah. She says that she needs to tell them something about Vivara's father, her first husband. She told them he died, but he didn't. It was a lie to protect a family. She thanks Yuri for protecting Vivara. So, this is the stepdad, right?
1: hmm A good A good guy. By all accounts, we're, we're seeing that he's doing his best to take care of everyone here and very sweet guy.
0: Yeah, and she reveals that she was cast out. Her and Vivara. Boo. Yeah, and then she whispers, Rasputin. Oh, shit. I found, when I first read this, I found a, a lot of this very confusing. Sure. Like, I, I had was to like, go what back and forth
1: on? between the pages once or twice to get yeah. it, so Yeah.
0: But there is a lot of historical reference in here that I didn't realize until I was doing the research on this thing. Until you
1: read the Wikipedia page on Rasputin. Exactly. And
0: Mark kind of alluded to this also. So Rasputin also in real life had a daughter named Vavara. And so this picture that we see here when we turn the page, it says, St. Petersburg, the home of Prince George Maximilianovich of lutenberg October nineteen oh five. In nineteen oh five St. Petersburg, Rasputin had formed relationships with several members of the aristocracy, including the black princesses, Melissa and Anastasia of Montenegro, who was married to Tsar cousins, including one of them was this guy, George Maximilianovich. They were instrumental in introducing Rasputin to the Tsar and his family. And, and he so he took
1: on kind of a like a advisor role right, where he right. was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a yeah. healer and I'm a this and I'm a that. And they were like taking advice from him and doing like healing sessions with him or whatever. Like he, you know, people thought he had like uh, abilities, you know, right, right. so that he, and he also he was purported to have like some sort of mystical capabilities sure, or whatever yeah, it was. was. So it all kind of like, gets legend. mixed together there. And uh, yeah, but it, like, like you're talking about, he had attached himself to these powerful, families and stuff right and right so
0: was, um, and he was married but his wife actually lived in their hometown yeah. and he would come to st petersburg on his own
1: and he had these wild parties where he yeah. was sleeping around with all these people and he was also like there was he was described to have like like his personality was very like okay was he was able to get people to kind of follow him oh, you mean, like yeah. you know kind of how had a very uh persuasive personality and was very into having all kinds of like parties and sleeping around and all that kind of stuff so
0: yeah so when we're looking at here we see rasputin and then behind him the two girls are maria and vivara had his daughters and then this girl in the blue is princess anastasia i think and then the woman in red is the mom from the right. flashback, right? From the So they have a flashback and then they have another flashback within the flashback. You know what I mean? It's kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, there's a lot yes, of layers here. And right. if you don't know the historical fiction of who these people are
1: Rasputin inception, you
0: might not totally. Right. And the first time I read this, I was like, what is going on here? It was a little confusing.
1: It's interesting when he says, don't be driven from your own uh, foyer by a whore was not called upon right i didn't even fucking call upon you
0: right exactly
1: oh. what a, <laughs> what a fucking jerk
0: and so she this says sucks. should i have come to your home he says if you don't know whose child you carry you should have kept it to yourself Dang. instead you've ruined your and he touches where the baby would be he reaches towards it and then his eyes go all white he has like some sort of yeah
1: it's a little episode there.
0: something happens right yeah i think he
2: recognizes that he's the father Well, here he's
1: still like a man, but they're kind of trying to say, well, he has some sort of mystic connection to whatever is going on here. He's got like mystical capabilities in this universe here.
0: He says, I had my fill of you. Will your husband want you or the girl? And then so she runs out. Jeez,
1: this is fucking harsh. The
0: princess is laughing at her. But then as she walks outside, she's like, girl. girl. Right, because he knew, right? Yeah. Back in the original flashback, she's telling Yuri that Rasputin had all these other women, too. Others were ruined.
1: And they, like, fell under his spell, quote-unquote, right. which is...
0: She says, for spite, I named you for his own daughter, his Vavara.
1: So yes. his daughter's named
0: Vavara, and then her, the yes. you know, his illegitimate daughter. Is that what you would say?
1: Well, I mean, yes. there's no child is illegitimate, but yeah, in the eyes of, like, society okay. or whatever. She's also yeah. named Vavara. Yeah.
0: To throw sin in his face... It only made my misery greater. His vivara slept in mansions while you, and then Yuri's like, mansions? And he starts concocting this plan that they're going to go find him and all this kind of stuff. He's like, the smallest part of his wealth would make us, you know, rich or whatever, right?
1: Or at least not like scrounging for scraps. like.
0: And she's like, no, we're not going to do this. Right.
1: My, my pride's more important than my survival for some reason. But Or maybe she's like, oh, maybe we won't survive an encounter with Rasputin because he will melt you or something. And so maybe she's thinking like, (laughs) he will kill you for spite, just like for the fun of it. Maybe we shouldn't ask this guy. So he's thinking, uh, you would put your pride before your own daughter. But she's like, nah, man, I just don't want us to be melted.
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) So this is interesting. Like, you know, the guy, he's like sleeping around. He's like, ah, how dare you get pregnant? But like, dude, just take responsibility for the fact that you're sleeping around and causing children to happen, I guess. Right, like, right. you are also causing that. Yeah. Wouldn't you know a magic spell to be like, yeah, maybe just don't get pregnant? Right. I don't know, like, uh, I don't know. It just strikes me as, like, you got all these mystical powers, but you don't have, there's no sort of, like, magic contraception. Right. I well, don't know. Well,
2: he he doesn't care,
0: because he doesn't have I to guess, deal with yeah, it. I guess,
1: yeah, he doesn't have to deal with it, exactly. And that's what's wrong with society, John.
0: Okay. <laughs> Just then the doctor shows up. Vivara tells her mama, are we going to go see the czar? And she's like, no, we're not. We
1: should not do that thing.
0: And Yuri's like, is it worse than begging in the streets here? So much worse, she says.
1: Yeah, he's still coming at it from like, we're not going to get like our skin melted off or anything like right. that. right? Like, it'll be fine. What we'll is you know, what's the worst he could do is just say no, right? Exactly. Probably worse than that, though, is what she's saying. And he doesn't <laughs> realize there's no there's a miscommunication here. Again, the situation just could have been prevented by her just being like, here's the reason I don't want to go over there, okay? Because it's like literally dangerous.
0: Right. We might not survive it. Well, and she's also kind of impaired too, she, like because yeah, the doctor comes right. and then she's passed out and then he's like, oh, will she be well enough to travel? He's oh, already decided geez. that they're going to do this. So yeah. I think part of it is on him too. Absolutely. You
1: know? No, the hubris of like, I, you know, how could he have anticipated obviously such an extreme result, but at the same time, it's just a big mess
0: right it's just a big mess and we cut to them now they're traveling through siberia it says north of Zavoldol
1: don't want to be traveling through siberia that's right. harsh harsh weather
0: i actually couldn't find this uh city that's named here oh um, is it like a fictional city or a real city zavodol
1: zavodukovsk
0: okay yeah i don't know there were some similarly named places, but they were like near West Africa or somebody, or South Africa. Know. And I was like, that's not the right place. I'm anyway,
1: like, Siberia, Russia in January seems yeah. like a place you probably don't want to be traveling around.
0: And they've got um, Vavara and the mom in the back of the cart that a donkey's pulling. And at one point she calls him father, Yuri. And he's like, don't call me that in front of your real father. You wouldn't want to make him jealous.
1: And here is where I I feel like so bad for this guy. He's really lost the plot. Like, she calls him father. That's for him, that should just be all that he wants in the world. But he's got his sights set on I where I'm gonna take care of you by getting money from this guy. So you gotta act right and make sure your real father doesn't get mad about it. But like to her, like he is the only real father she has ever known. And that's like you know, just uh, this contrast of priorities here, of like where everyone's focus lies, is just very tragic and kind of builds up this huge right. tragic platform for what we're about to see.
0: And we arrive in Pokrovskoy. Oh,
1: Man, is do we have do we have Russian book club members listening to us butcher this? And can you please just pronounce like our like our book club member William Tunholm? Friendship, uh, for all those wonderful, amazing uh pronunciation corners that he recorded for us we would love to learn how to pronounce any of this please help us
0: yeah but uh back to the historical fiction this is actually the birthplace of the real rasputin and where his wife lived while he visited saint petersburg it is located in siberia yes this is 1913 so this is three years before he was assassinated however i didn't know this in 1914 the following year There was another assassination attempt by a woman who, like, stabbed him in the stomach outside of his house or something like that. And, like,
1: people were like, oh, how did he survive so many assassination attempts? But, like, there's other people who break down, like, maybe she was just really bad at stabbing. Like, maybe she just wasn't good at stabbing and, you know, he got to a doctor in time or I don't know. So it was one of those things where, like, you're not really sure what the deal is with any of that.
0: He's probably wearing a heavy coat because it was cold. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So they get to the house and she's like, do we have to do this now? It's so cold and it's dark. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to do this now. Why sleep in the streets? Perhaps tonight we can sleep in that house. Now let's see that pretty dress, she's right? She's got so the hair. She's got the it, hair. She's the got hair. the little Vivara dress, oh, right? No. This is the origin of that.
1: And then mom is still like, let's just go inside of a church and... and..."
0: Right. And I want to point out this detail here. So the mom's wearing like this plaid jacket. So they arrive at the house and the butler guy, he's like, oh, we're not having company now. And they're like, oh, well, we've come a long way. The butler says, sir, I'm trying to ask you to leave. You're a goddamn servant. Do you know who this woman is, Yuri says. And then Rasputin comes out. He's like, I might, but who are you? And Rasputin immediately comes over to Vivara. And he goes, I had forgotten your threat that day of coming to my home. Remember, she said that? So now he's like, Oh, and now you are at the my home. The mom is
1: immediately freaking out. Yeah. This, the guy. And he's immediately, like, intimidating the shit out of everyone here except the dad, who was still clueless.
0: Right. Because he calls her a broken down whore. Like, damn. And that's and
1: fucking harsh.
0: Yuri says, Now you will have some respect, sir. And he touches the side of his face. Respect. Oh, <laughs> Barge into my home with a bastard child smelling of piss to teach me about respect. And just with a touch of his hand, Yuri melts. Just a rude,
1: rude man. And now, you know, this guy is all melted.
0: And you see, like, as he's melting, he pulls that coat with the stripes on it that she was wearing, the plaid. And then it's there on the floor as he collapses. Vivara and her mom go over... To the cart, and then Rasputin calls Vavara over to get that coat. And as he's Uh handing it to her, the mom sees something that terrifies her and makes her cry out. We cut over to the cart, and the donkey appears to be dead, and so does the mother. Vavara steps out into the cold, and we can see a figure walking down the road. Young lady, he says, I have seen most of this horrible land walking in many forms, but you might be the most miserable creature I've ever met. And yet... And he's got the goat eyes. Got those guys That's Yam Yam. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I love this bit of storytelling here because without a lot, you realize that like he snaps out of it and he's like, wait, what's going on here? What
1: the here? fuck is going on?
0: And then now it's in Vivara. Is this it's lady
1: dead? Girl. Where the fuck am I?
0: <laughs> and so she looks at him and then we see that he's dead. Yeah. Right.
1: And I like what they do with the shadow here. It's like a shadow, but it's not really a shadow. It's like mist, maybe, but it's the, yeah. for the, the demon form.
0: Yeah. Like a
1: cloud, almost. It's cool.
0: Yeah, so Yamye but just been jumping from body to body yeah. all this time. Yeah. And for some reason... He
1: found a fave.
0: Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Love it. Love yeah, what would you think it, about that? Oh, I thought that was a really cool touch. Yeah, I really like that. Cutting back to the giant Rasputin, who was just revealed at the end of Devil You Know Pandemonium...
1: He's like, were it not for me, you never would have become what you are. I made you strong.
0: For this. For this. Yeah, this Lawrence Campbell art is incredible, right? Yeah. And there's some really cool details in here. You see the beheaded Yale. You also see Ashley Strode with her. Jeez, She's all dead. Jeez, that in there. God, right? There's a couple panels of Phoenix just like looking up in terror. Freaking out. That are so amazing. You know, this Lawrence Campbell kind of hyper-realistic art. And that tooth, the uh, <laughs> it breaks out of that shell or whatever. Now it's back. Yeah, that was man. Yeah. And everything's just going to shit, right? I mean, there's like flooding. Looks like all the buildings are collapsing. They're all running away from Rasputin as he's like, calling out all this stuff, and he's naming all the jihads, Ugh. which is a callback to Seed of Destruction. He did the same thing there right before he cracked the shell Yeah. Of the Al-Jihad. Do you remember
1: that? Yes, and so, like... Uh, yes, I do. Phoenix is useless. She's like, oh, no. And so Abe's like, I have to carry you, I guess, too. But then also... Carla is still breathing yeah and so I can't carry both of these people and it's just very he's trying to get it all together and help, was just like zoning out
0: yeah over it's here it's weird we cut over to Grand Central Station and we see all the zombie demon people or whatever they are at this point start transforming again this is horrifying it's, did it's you re- Did you recognize this
1: yeah this is awful
0: that's when the Black Flame right yes. the Black Flame version of the frog yeah. monsters or I hate whatever I a lot <laughs> and remember the Black Flame is connected to the ogre jihad to the dragon and all this kind of stuff here another shot of phoenix like just looking up with the tears coming out of her eyes those panels are incredible rasputin says the dragons are still master over all mankind to transform the earth and all worlds to bring forth the next race of man look now he says upon the end of all things for ragnarok has come and as all this is happening abe runs off with phoenix and hellboy has a vision of ed gray from those Mignola pages in Pandemonium. Yeah, a
1: little bit of a flashback there.
0: There are just two things left. It was always going to be you, he tells Hellboy. It's him, Abe, Hellboy says. And Abe kind of like snaps Hellboy out of it, telling him that he can't carry both of them. So Hellboy comes over.
1: So I guess, um, you know, we have potentially a survivor and then obviously a us kellington over here
0: yeah i think that we see um that hellboy is kind of like he's it's almost like he's in two worlds yes. at the same time yeah. you know because he's talking to ed gray and he's also here so i think like there's something funky going on with him where he's not all there he just seems distracted yeah 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 but like you mentioned as they run off we see ashley strode's remains again and then those mala beads god that one hurt
2: yeah yeah yeah, no, it was kind of like a horrible thing to remind us that Ashley had a, suffered a horrible fate and everything has just gone to hell. hell. has gone to hell. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> intense. We see Howard slashing away while Liz continues to take out those flying demons. Inside the helicarrier, the crew are working to get the engine working after it was clogged in the last story. And Staz calls out, if you can hear my voice, we're preparing to lift off, getting out of New York. She's
1: trying to step up. She's trying her best. Yeah, she's like, return immediately. Big shoes to fill, obviously, you know, when, you know, Kate was around. Yeah. You know, I feel like Kate had things well in hand and she was stressed out, but she still got things done. Right, right. Really well. And I think that, you know, you know, bless her. She's, bless her heart. She's really trying to step up. She's just like a, I mean she was like entry level.
0: Yeah, she just came out like in uh Cometh the Hour, yeah. End of Days. She just barely she, she was like an assistant or yeah, something like that. And so now she's yeah. really
1: trying to step up and like, you know, bless her for it. Like she's someone's gotta do it and she's like, Well, I might as well try. So you know what I mean? She immediately yeah. has my respect. And I'm like, Wow. I wouldn't want to. I'd probably just run away and hide.
0: She calls out, Return immediately, and we cut to Nichols and Morrow. Don't see that happening, Nichols says. They're outnumbered by all these crickets.
1: These guys are just, they're still, I'm sorry. And it's not funny, it's horrible, but like something about it is oddly comical that they're still yeah, trying to do this chittering thing while they're like bobbing up oh, and down I in the water. Oh, I see what you're saying, I yeah. don't
0: know. Oh, right. It's horrifying,
1: but at the same time, it's kind of goofy.
0: Right, in the middle of this, they're all washed away they're by like, the Aah. floodwaters. All, of, all the floodwaters come in, Yeah, they take Nichols and Moro.
1: Which is good, though, because that kind of provides them a little bit of an escape. Yes, you know, like exactly. So that's good
0: hellboy and abe run to escape the waters and we get the rasputin von klempt moment yeah so von klempt was always like bah he's not my master he didn't know anything he wasn't the dragon and then now he's like the master is returned after all you let the talking abe go because he is of no consequence never his destiny the power is in you, just Von Klemm right. said. Just atomized. Yes, exactly. Just atomized. We see the giant hand of Rasputin. This is where you get a sense of how big he is. You know, Lawrence yeah. Campbell's got that super realistic art style. Yeah. His hand is the size of Von Klemm's whole body. He's a big,
1: gigantic... He's a big old boy.
0: Yeah. So... Is he like uh, a
1: ghost or is he like a... Is he a big swirly ghost? Like a Godzilla-sized ghost?
0: I guess. Something like that. Yeah. It looks like he's just floating there. Yeah. yeah.
1: What, what do you think, Aubrey? Uh,
2: well, I guess he's kind of like sort of like a ectoplasm-based kind of being or something okay, like that. But I was sitting okay. there wondering, like, with Von Klimt saying the master's returned after all, do you think there's a little bit of sarcasm in his voice? Oh, okay, mm. maybe. <laughs> because, I mean, this is Von Klimt we're talking about.
0: <laughs> okay. But again, he's like, it was never his destiny. The power is you. So I think this right. is kind of... Uh, we'll talk about this, but well, I think like, this is also leading Hellboy. I
1: think you had a earlier when you were like, "Ah, oh, he's not the he's not the fucking dragon or yeah, whatever yeah." Shit, I had forgotten about that, and so when you said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, he was, he was kind of a flippity floppity. He's a he's a yeah. flip flop boy for a while, and now he's like, ah, oh, shit." i about yeah. to fucking vapor. But, if I mean,
2: <laughs> but it, yeah, it just gets like turned to dust. <laughs> so
1: you think the, so you think he's being a little bit of uh, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of cynicism in there. He's like, Well, I guess I'm about to be dust, so fuck you. Yeah. Kind of an edge to his voice, maybe. Okay. But it also well,
2: means well well, I'm just saying that maybe Von Klimp doesn't know of any other way to talk.
1: <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Also, like this also kind of means that Project Ragnarok were right.
1: Yeah, well, the, the he, he was right. This guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, all Rasputin's followers, the Project Ragnarok.
1: Yeah, but he. They were
0: all like, "We'll go with right. you through the end of time." Yeah, but he we're was gonna...
1: he was convincing everyone like, "Hey, you should do Project Ragnarok," and everybody else was like, "This is fucking nonsense. I don't know why we even give you funding. This is ridiculous." Oh yeah, yeah. But then all his little cult followers were like, "Yeah, this yes, is cool. Yes. We're gonna do weird magic and yeah, yeah. You're totally the dragon."
0: So when Cronin was like. Yeah, Rasputin's the master. Like, he was actually... Right. He was actually on... It's weird. It's weird to think about this kind of stuff. As the helicarrier flies off, we see the charred remains of Bifrons, the flying frog that Liz took out. Remember, she was like, did anybody see that thing? We see it bobbing there in the water. (laughs) Talk about the Statue of Liberty here.
1: Oh, it's got the face and the, the stomach.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been turned into one of those pandemonium Oh, look at the statues. face. The
1: actual face face is like a, a gross, like a gargoyle yeah, face. that is cool. super cool. I would have loved to see that like the creepy. blood coming out of the oh, two mouths. Yeah. I guess been... they thought that was a bridge too far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe they thought people wouldn't recognize it. Oh, okay. No, I don't know. It I definitely I... would have. I think people would have recognized it even with blood. Maybe out it was too much. Either one of much. its mouths. Yeah. I do like this. It's like a very Planet of the Apes moment. It's like here's their version of it. It was you know? hell all along. Right, and yeah.
1: You blew it up! up. God
0: <laughs> damn you!
1: God! Damn, damn you! Oh. Hell. <laughs> Which is right here, so it's not a, it's a short trip. I fucking love that movie.
0: <laughs> Back on the BPRD ship, the wounded are examined. The doctor calls for a stretcher for Jiroko. Remember, we saw um, this doctor I mean, a lot more
1: than a stretcher. She was shot in the face.
0: I know, but we saw this doctor before. I like how they keep some of these characters. Yeah,
1: no, it's great. Um, yeah. You
0: know that we've she's, seen in some of the in the other W know stories. She's good stuff. Yeah, so Abe is like, you just got to take care of those two, and Phoenix is concerned about Jiroko, and then Connor comes out, and he's like, "Mom," and she says, "Baby," and then he lays on top of her, and then supposedly it looks like she dies.
1: Ah, geez Just enough time for her kiddo to come right around.
0: Yeah, and I love the brutal. pacing of this as we pull out. I mean, and the white kind of palette here. You even see in Jiroko, yeah. like her skin looks uh she doesn't have as much color yeah, in her gray. face That's as the other characters and um yeah, Jiroko, she blew herself up facing off against the Wear Jaguar. She was promoted to field commander and worked with Yosef's team against Lazar. Remember that that's when we thought Rasputin was coming back the first time, and all those giants in Return of the Master. She saved Yosef from those demons trying to get Vivara free of the jar in Cold Day in Hell, and she's been an action star and mom for the Bulk of these stories, but ultimately Liz's vision of her uniform, you know, yeah. they dead at, at the end of King of Fear came to pass. Brutal. She just couldn't survive getting shot in the head by a demon-possessed boss. Uh, Let's pour uh, one out for Jeroko. Yeah,
1: really.
2: So, going back to, like, somebody earlier saying that there wasn't enough time to reflect on uh, people dying. I mean, we're getting that right now. I think they're
1: doing that. Yeah. They could have just yeah. left her on the field. They could have been like, well, she died. But they were like, "Well, yeah. we gotta give her a moment with her kid, don't we?"
0: Yeah,
1: that's, I, mean, I think that's intent. Like they, like yeah. I, don't, I don't know a lot of writers who would be like, oh, let's make it so that they carry her back until the kid can say goodbye." Right. Like right. Yeah. there aren't many well, people. I mean, like there's, there would have been a scene in any other book. There would have been a scene where they show up and they're like, "Where's mommy?" And they're like, "Oh, she didn't make it. Oh no." You know what I mean? Like
2: other books wouldn't even bring the kid back up again. I mean, it's just like, but, but this is definitely true. like a time it's say. This is a time, I mean, yes, it's the end of the issue and all that, but it's still a time to reflect on hey, we just lost uh, Jeroco, but I mean, also we lost other people too. I mean, so this is a time for all of us as an audience to stop and
0: reflect and wait for the next issue to come out.
1: They seem to take (laughs) quite a bit of time and care. Yeah, I feel like more um, than most books. Other
0: than that Statue of Liberty panel, almost these whole two pages are about. They're worried about what's going to happen with her.
1: And they show Abe saying, I got to carry her. Ah, she's still alive. Phoenix is like, eh, hey, right, don't yeah. forget about her. And Hellboy's like, ah, I got to snap out of it so I can carry this person. Right. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that.
0: And I, I don't know if it's the kid angle or this white background or the fact that we get all the team there. Yeah. But this one really hurt. You know, there, yeah. have been a, there have been a couple deaths at this point. Leon and Devon and Ashley Strode. But this one was like, ah. Oh. And then it's right at the end of the issue, too. So you had to wait till the next month. It was just kind of like, damn, what a way to end an issue.
1: And they even like, you know, uh, you would point it out, like, you see the uh, Ashley's, um, all her little talismans and stuff on the ground. Right, yeah, yeah. I feel like that was, you know, we're like, oh, man, that's heavy, you know? That's heavy, yeah. That's that's some heavy stuff. Maybe
0: it's less the characters and more for us. That's absolutely right. And I think that
1: that's something that I, don't overlook that stuff. That's there on purpose. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to draw an entire, you know, panel where that's the focus is her, this, her skull and her talismans that she used to fight demons right. for no reason. That's literally there for you to reflect upon her loss. So yeah. I don't know what, you know, like it's right there. Yeah, And it's like Aubrey was saying, hey, it's a wartime situation, you know, like no other. I mean, so this is like times infinity of weird situation where you have to keep running or you will not survive. It's a weird nightmare interdimensional ghost demon hellscape. right hellscape so like yeah you can't really take that much time
0: yeah so they do yeah. what
1: they can with these moments and i think they've done a good job with these moments
0: yeah and i think that It was cool to have this character who was just a mom and not superpowered, and she was like one of the most prominent, you know, badasses in the story. So yeah, that was farther than most
1: just regular humans would have made it.
0: Let's talk about this chapter two cover by Mignola. Yeah, this is so awesome.
2: I like how he left the Statue of Liberty pretty much intact.
0: Yeah, this is before, right before it got turned all hellish or whatever. We open in Berlin. And just like that callback in Devil You Know Messiah with Kate talking about how romantic cemeteries are, we see Bruno here, right? So in that story, it had cut over to someone standing in a graveyard. And so now we see it's actually Bruno. This is a somber scene, but... Of course, I have to ruin it with meaningless trivia. Bruno appears to be drinking an Erdinger beer. From checking out their website, this bottle appears to be their vice beer. The strength of this classic wheat beer lies in the harmonious balance it achieves between the various aromas. Mm. Gently spiced wheat with yeast aromas blend with mildly bitter hops the invigorating carbon dioxide ensures its typical liveliness a premium so it's carbonated. beer
1: all right it's a carbonated beer cool. a
0: premium beer whose full bodied yet elegant character leaves a lasting impression of ultimate bavarian enjoyment erdinger beer the taste of bavaria
1: so is this like the miller lite of bavaria or is it more of like a stella of bavaria or is it more of a like i don't know is there an actual like a beer beer that someone would drink if you've if you've had this beer just let us know what's what's up with this beer. Do you like it? Is it yeah, it's a good beer.
2: It's a, it sounds like the kind of beer that uh, Carbach Vice Versa is trying to emulate. Okay, okay,
1: okay, yeah,
0: nice,
2: nice. And I and I like Vice Versa, so I mean, I think I like this beer.
1: Right on.
0: And I hope the beer was great because things are about to get really hairy no. in the cemetery. We got vampires popping out. I do like little- Lawrence Campbell's <laughs> take on a uh, on Bruno. Like yeah, we get to see that yeah. realistic version of him. Like I like I like that. I'm like, oh, I guess this is what he would look like. So when I saw the vampires, I was sitting there thinking,
2: eh, a little late to the party, aren't you
0: guys? <laughs> yeah,
1: these these Draculas just like, what's going on? What did we miss? What, what's up, Everything. guys?
0: As the BPR- is this
1: Dracula's coming up feet first here? Yes, there's this one coming. This is so <laughs> goofy. I love it. As
0: the BPRD ship is flying over that toothed Ogdruham guy, Daniel likes to make the That's sound. That's
1: the sound that he makes. Do it again. (laughs)
0: Stas says it's happening at once everywhere. France and half of Italy are gone. Ogdruhem are on the move on every continent. There's something floating across Iraq, and any oil fields it goes over burst into flame. Jeez. It just passed into Saudi Arabia, so that's going to set all of that on fire. Half of Japan is on fire. Moscow's a crater. Arctic sea ice is melting three times faster than the summer high, over 200,000 square kilometers this morning. And we also see... This Ogdruhem in the Yucatan Peninsula, that we saw that one in the Ave Sapiens series. This one in Saitama, Japan, we saw that in BPRD, The Broken Equation, where that story was based. And then in Portland, Oregon here, we see the Fremont Bridge. This is a steel-tied arch bridge over the Williamette River in Portland, Oregon. And it's totally destroyed, and there's like a huge volcano there. Jeez. I mean, Lawrence Campbell can really do everything. You know what I mean? Like, he can draw everything <laughs> He, is, really,
1: he really is going for it here.
0: This is amazing. Yeah.
1: You want buildings toppling over and falling down? I gotcha.
0: Yeah, these horrible black flame demons with the blue fire.
1: Really horrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Staz mentions things crawling out of the ice, and they're the biggest ones we've seen. And I really like this. This looks like an elder thing. This is uh, the monster Ooh. from At the Mountain of Madness by H.P. Lovecraft. In that story, a crew go on an Arctic expedition and discover these prehistoric life forms. Hmm, that kind of sounds familiar, right? Kind of like the Cavendish expedition in Hellboy's Seat of Destruction.
1: They're the biggest ones we've seen. Like, so far they've been pretty fucking big. Yeah, How yeah. big are they going to get? Like, this is...
0: <laughs> it, it says San Diego Live, and look, that's the Salton Sea monster. That one came back, too. Jeez. Ugh. Hellboy stares at the image of the giant monster Rasputin on the monitor he didn't bother chasing us, Abe says. What does that mean, Liz responds. Sulking and walking away, Hellboy says, I'm not a part of this anymore. What? St- what? are
1: you doing?
0: Stas is like, and there he goes. They're all really tired of it. Hey, him, you like, 20, you
1: want to like, fucking help me out? I, yeah. uh, I'm just an assistant. <laughs> right. like, I'm kind of with her. I feel like, is she the audience? Because right. I really yeah. feel like I'm right there with her where she's like, okay.
0: <laughs> I
1: guess the I guess the title character is just going to pout
0: you have and your, wander off. You have your arms up the same way she does in this Yeah, panel that's how right I
1: feel. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I guess.
0: Hellboy goes off into the corner, but in the corner, now he's in this other place, right? This is what I wanted to spare you. It's Ed Gray. You know, and when we saw Hellboy go to Ed Gray's house in Hellboy in Hell, like we saw, you see how there's like this statue behind them of the two people? Yeah. Like yeah. that was in his house. So... You know, he's in hell or something. He's with Ed Gray, and then he's also on the helicarrier. I'm sorry, Hellboy. It was always going to fall onto you to face Rasputin. What is he? Hellboy asks. The The dragon dragon returned
1: returned to to Earth? Yeah.
0: But when it was destroyed, that darkness sought another creature to enter. Rasputin's daughter provided his path to the world. When she was freed from the demon. And he's like, we did that. He never even dreamt he'd become this, Ed Gray says. Hellboy, I tried to stop it. I knew Rasputin was there somewhere waiting. I searched the darkest corners of hell. Sorry, I love this. Yes. I love this Lawrence panel. Campbell doing the Hellboy oh. and Hell Ed Gray shit is it's like. It's so
1: good. This uh, panel is so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love the one with him like swimming through the water in the next one, in the abyss.
1: I love the shit where he writes the stuff in the air. He's got the candles. He's got the paintings of the demons, and it's just all cluttered up old room looks good
0: one of those beasts dwelling in the shadows of the abyss swallowed me whether he said it against me or not i do not know but i was not the only one who'd sought rasputin but yeah
1: that is cool where he's floating around in the- so
0: he's swallowed by this giant dragon so is this leviathan yeah. i so i i uh, i was trying to figure this out because when we see leviathan in hellboy in hell he doesn't have these like fins you see how he has these mm. fins but I, I I swear we've seen one that has the fins like that. Right. Like I I can even picture the panel in my head. But I asked um, several people. I had to shout out to my crew that I always bother. You know I got to get my boys together. I, ta- <laughs> I, I talked to I talked to Jerry Turnbull. Yes. I talked to Matt Strachan. And yes. I talked to Mark Tweedo. All
1: your favorites are back.
0: Yeah. And and they were all like I think that's Leviathan. But then right. um, and I'll show you what I'm talking about in a second. No,
1: I actually I have an even more vague recollection of this, but I do understand what you're talking about
0: yeah and you know matt and i were talking about because we reveal um and this is like another pinocchio reference right yes and uh (laughs) and there was a gang is all here and there was a lot of pinocchio references kind of like this in the midnight circus another great hellboy story and inside the belly of this monster the leviathan or whatever we see some familiar faces
1: yes ah we got This guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Moslomi. We
1: got Moslomi. I immediately am like, hey, it's Moslomi.
0: Yeah. I think this guy on the left with the glasses is Dr. Hoffman from Hellboy in Hell. And then this guy in the rope. I don't know who that is. And I was talking to Matt about this. I had a great conversation <laughs> with Matt. It's kind of like, I wish, I guess the government's always listening to us. I wish I could just ask them for that audio. I know. Because sometimes I'm like, man, this is a... Do we, doing <laughs> the Where's podca- the
1: FBI guy that's assigned to me? Where's the CIA dude that's assigned to my phone? Can the, you just look that up for me, please? The NSA yeah, guy. The yeah,
0: guy, yeah. <laughs> the, doing the podcast has made me really appreciate having a good conversation. And there are some times where I'm talking to people and I'm like, man... I wish I was recording this conversation right now, <laughs> uh, but I had a really great conversation with Matt earlier. We were trying to figure out who this guy is. He's probably just a guy. And we were thinking like, maybe we're not supposed to know who he is. Maybe he was someone that they were going to come back to. Maybe he's just like, here's an ancient guy who also there's tried to- There's a bunch to... of
1: people. There's a there's crowd a, of people yeah. in here. Look at all these people. There's like hundred But hundreds. why do they
0: show this guy?
1: That's what I'm saying. But there's like hundreds of people back here. But
0: when they fo- they, they... you look at this- But we see this one guy, like, they really, they put him right in the middle of the panel. Is he,
1: like, an ancient Greek, ancient Greek? I was like,
0: is that Redding from the sledgehammer (laughs) armor? But no, he went into the cosmos or whatever. He's
1: got got his arm like he's, I'm a a philosopher guy.
0: Oh, you know what? That's really interesting. You mentioned that because that's how Maggie has her arm. Yeah. She always has her arm like that. Yeah. That's a good point. Huh. So... I wonder if that means anything. What does it mean? These
1: are all like shaman guys.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They all had tried to stop Rasputin. And they had all tried to escape the belly of that thing. We will all combine our magical powers together. I knew Hellboy, Ed Gray says. I knew the price. I prepared myself for this. We get this panel here with Hecate. We see a snake with the Iron Maiden. And it says... You'll learn to do evil to do good. This is from the epilogue to Darkness Calls. At the end of Darkness Calls, there were a couple Mignola pages with Hecate and Ed Gray. In that epilogue, Hecate is a snake, and she tells Ed Gray that she will sleep till he calls me. However this war ends, he will be lost. It will be for you to find him, and you will. And true to his nature, he will be both your salvation and destruction. Before you are finally allowed to die, you will suffer as few men have ever suffered. You will learn to do evil to accomplish good. This is not my curse. It is simply what will happen. Jeez. And then the snake goes inside the Iron Maiden and she's like, I hope you bear it well. You will learn to do evil to do good. So he had to kill all these people, right? Or take their power or they something. Kind of
1: gave him. I guess they gave him their power right. or their life force and it's the Vril. Yeah. It looks like the Vril.
0: Right. Yeah, and that comes out, and it, like, punches a hole through the Leviathan, and Ed Gray's able to escape. This panel of him holding onto Mothlomi's staff with Mothlomi, God, that panel, when I first saw that, I was just like, oh, my God, that's incredible. But he's also blasted through the chest, too, and we'll see that later.
1: He still has the staff.
0: Oh, you're right, he does. And so I guess after killing all these people, you know, he says, my soul had grown so black, I didn't need to seek him. Uh. So as soon as he comes out of that fried monster Rasputin's there. Look what you've become, a twisted shade more witch than witchfinder.
1: Oh, uh, it's a good line. Witchfinder.
0: Witchfinder. 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 <laughs> and Rasputin's like, "You will serve me." And he says, "I will." Serve the, you
1: straight to hell.
0: And then at the last minute, he tries to stab him. Uh,
1: serve you serve you up a fucking knife.
0: And then Rasputin just obliterates uh. him. Yeah, and this looks brutal, right? Man. You will suffer as few men have ever suffered. Jeez. That was one of the things Hecate told him would happen.
1: Horrible, horrible.
0: Yeah. Back with Hellboy. Hellboy says, Ed, even if I can fight him, those monsters are everywhere. The only refuge for man is underground, Ed Gray says.
1: underground. They're going to go underground and hang off Frankenstein.
0: Oh, is that what you think is going to happen? Yes. Oh, okay. I like your theories. I mean, we, we had I some mean, theories last last week, too. I mean, it makes sense. Okay, nice. He's down there tending the garden.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what happens, though, right? Like, that's what happens. Well,
0: Hellboy hears the Frankenstein Underground song, and he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then Gray's like, if you can save them, you must. Send out these coordinates. And Ed Gray puts his hand on the wall... But then we, when we cut back over, Hellboy has his hand up. So again, like,
1: yeah, what's happening he's there, right? Cutting in and out, man. They're losing him. Ed Gray, man. He looks so fucked up. Oh, and the when, fucked up man that you were like, what's this?
0: Oh, that's him. Yeah. Is that what it is? Where it was like the anatomical yeah, thing.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: I don't know, because it's, he doesn't have half know. a face. No, I don't know. It had Maybe. half a face. It just kind oh. of reminded me of it. Okay. I do like that, though. Maybe it had something to do with that? I don't know.
1: It's, it's probably one of those things where Mike me was like, ah, oh, this imagery fits here thematically, so I will include it here and yeah, whatever. And then the readers will assign meaning to it, and that's art.
0: Yeah, that is art.
1: I, I, that is art, yeah. How you yeah. interact with a thing may, becomes art.
0: Back in the BPRD ship, all the monitors crackle and static, and when they reappear an image is on the map locations all over the world
1: it's a person it's a little person in a cave yeah in a cave here little caves all over the place though as we're as we're seeing yeah you
0: you have to get these uh coordinates out hellboy says to anyone who will listen and staz is like what get people to these spots hellboy says it's got to be some kind of shelter and howard says that that symbol means protection or home
1: oh dope but you think, like, everybody, like, looking at that, you're like, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Does it mean if you go here, you'll be bombed with radiation? Right. Does it mean <laughs> if you, you know, it is, it's not necessarily intuitive to everybody, so.
0: And Abe notices one is near South Carolina. He's like, I bet that's where Maggie is, because right. he knows that she's a part of all this. Our only future is underground, Abe says, and Hellboy's like, what? Because he just heard Gray say that. And he's like, oh, that's something that Maggie said.
1: Yeah, she was like, hey, you gotta go hang out with the uh, Frankenstein okay and then and also dinosaurs nice and hyperbrian peeps okay well right
0: let's do it let's do all that yeah and phoenix says send them out so this is the first time where i feel like she's like yes this is the right thing because ever for a while she's been kind of like what's going on just
1: freaking out she's like okay yes this will be what we're doing i i suppose we
0: cut over to South Carolina, and we see Maggie there, and all the people have arrived, you know? Yeah. Just like Vivara, all these people were following her, too. And I love, like, you just see, like, a couple that are happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're like, hey. It's been so long. Yeah. It really, we yeah. seen
1: anything like that at all.
0: And they're like, this is it. This I is do love
1: her. I do love this character. I love her. She's immediately a wise old shaman person. But she's also just a little... She's like a little kid, but she's a wise old shaman. Yeah. I really like it a lot. It's just one ray of hope in this horrible, horrible story.
0: (laughs) And the mom is like, are you sure about this? We'll find people down there. We'll be okay. And I love this, these three panels right here. She turns around, she grabs her mom's hand, and she says, Anu sancti hyperbarum, sancti abjura. And so I was like, I know this is from somewhere. I know that we've seen this exact phrasing before. Um, So, I remember in The Visitor, they called Earth Abjura. Ah. Okay? I see. Oh. So, I think what she's saying wow. is, I think what, so if I had to try to translate this, I think that she's saying, this is our sanctuary, this is a sanctuary for Earth. Yes. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. So, I like that. Really good art here. The way that good Lawrence stuff. Campbell draws this little girl, you know, it's really cool. Yeah. Back in the ship, looking at the map, Abe's like, zoom in on that one nearest us is that Cavendish Hall Liz finishes right Whoa, on top of it.
1: Oh, what the hell? That's the first adventure yeah. that we ever had with Hellboy.
0: Abe mentions the caves that Roger investigated. This was in the War on Frog storyline. And there's a moment here because Hellboy's just looking at the thing of Rasputin, and Abe kind of looks at him, and Liz says, we could be there in 15 minutes, and Stan's like, no, half an hour. I, I just think that's kind of funny. But yeah. then Hellboy says, not me. I think I
2: think that they're saying is they could be at the Cavendish Hall of caverns in fifteen minutes, and then Staz is like half an hour, and then Hubby's like, "No, not me, because I have to go take care of rescue. He can't go to the underground place."
0: And Staz is like, "We just wait here." Liz says, "You're gonna go without us," and she's like, "Well, who's in charge?" She goes, "Sorry to break it to you, Staz, but that's all you." But and, listen and to Howard. Howard <laughs> has some
1: input that's probably helpful. So. Yeah. It, and I think that this is also like, maybe, hopefully, it's hinting towards like, maybe we don't need to have a fucking military hierarchy. Maybe just like work together as a team and everybody works together to help each other right. out to figure it out. Whoever is good at this part, do this part. Whoever's good at doing this part, you help out too. Like, it's, I'm, we're starting to see kind of a breakdown of that and more of an organic, like, team actual kind of a just like look there's no fucking rules like why would there be just do whatever you think is right and best in the moment because what else is there gonna be right? right like that's why would you hold on to this fucking weird military thing you're all gonna be living in caves underground
0: and howard is like but i'm gonna go help you guys kill rasputin but liz says they need you we've got this we have to do this we cut over to this couple in a car. They're driving towards somewhere. I guess they've gotten visions as well. And the woman's like, I just want to see her. She's crying. If we see her, it'll be okay. But ahead, the road is completely collapsed. We reveal this giant chasm between them. We'll never get there, she says.
1: Ah, uh, you could if you had the bus from, bus from Speed. Bus from Speed. Bus from Speed. If you had Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we cut over to the BPRD ship. It lands near the George Washington Bridge. And we get this scene. Phoenix is still trying to make up with Liz. I think she needs to get, like, closure, Liz, you know, I'm or sorry, something. Liz, I'm sorry
1: I shot it, but I think it was, but I don't know what was the reason, right. I think it was for the best, and Liz was like, hmm, I don't know about all that, but let's not talk about it anymore.
0: Right. Well, I love this shot where Liz turns around and she's yeah. like, to explain about Abe, and she's got the flame in that one eye. That is such a cool panel. Ah. I love that. It kind of tells so much about like her attitude and how that line is delivered and everything just in the art. Oh, and over here, you actually see Ava's watching them talk about him. <laughs> He's in the corner back here. I didn't He's notice just that. like, uh. And Phoenix is like, I don't think it was to kill him. And Liz goes, ha. He is part of what's happening, Phoenix says. But maybe I wasn't trying to stop him. I don't know. Maybe I helped make him what he needed to become. And it seems like that line she does. She kind of stops. She's like, Yeah, right, Liz yeah, kind of processes that.
1: Because, you know, yeah. a lot of that kind of thing has had to happen. It sort of happened to her. It sort of happened to a lot of different people that yeah. she has known. So, hey, who the fuck is she to judge? She's like, well, I don't want to think about it anymore. So, right, we're going to move right. on now. <laughs> and so, is that like an indication to the reader that we're finally if – you, If you've if you been a holdout, you're finally like, okay, I guess this yes. is put to rest. And this now we can kind of move can... on from this. So, that's yes. that's good.
0: And, yeah, you're absolutely right, Aubrey, because she says, we'll see you at Cavendish Hall. So she's like, we're going to make it to the caves. Yeah. And then I like this part where the news is like, oh, and there's these caves. Are they going to be safe? They've suddenly opened up. If these are shelters for monsters, why didn't they?
1: I don't know if we should. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck.
0: We cut over to Berlin, Germany. Poor Bruno didn't have a chance against these pissed off vampires. Maybe he can be with Cade in the cosmos somewhere in the elsewhere. Yeah, but I love this uh this dialogue here cuz these these two vampires, one of them's like 300 years. No, not that long the other one says. I went below before you. And he's like it only started never mind centuries waning. These horrible
1: <laughs> These horrible weenies with yeah. their fucking st- powdered wigs and they're like long jimmy jams i
0: dreamed of a world of perpetual night instead of us it was those monsters real monsters not men better if we had raised our heads a hundred years earlier feast across europe like wolves even if they still bore that faith to destroy us better that than leaving it to monsters will the sun ever rise again one asks. so i love this too because i mean i just think this is kind of hilarious with the vampires i mean they talked about them a lot in the they other stories. They've be
1: been and bitching. They've been waiting underground all
0: this time. They missed their they
1: window. <laughs> <laughs> they have overslept.
0: Uh, better this than waiting forever.
1: They're abandoning the hospital.
0: <laughs> over in Washington, D.C., a uh, terrifying Ogdraham looms over the Capitol, and it looks like the nursing staff leave Manning as they oh, escape to leave man. safety. Jeez. So I think that that's Manning. What a brutal
1: death... That would be fucked up. But
0: I'm looking at this here, and is this flatlining on the monitor?
1: Okay. Are the, are, are they abandoning patients that are still alive though? No. Because would maybe that I really think, happen, or
0: maybe I think this is the flatline on the monitor here that he's okay. already passed. All right. Manning didn't make it until the end. He Jeez. still had two more issues to go. Remember, right. I said if you can just wait seven more issues, Manning. So uh, it looks, uh, looks like Director it looks Manning. like
1: it looks like Director Manning uh, is has passed away, and so the nursing staff says, "Well, we have no more." patients alive to take care of so we should leave yeah yeah. so they're not abandoning anyone to die right just alone they're leaving only after their patients have expired sure okay
0: and we close the issue on this amazing team shot
1: that's a pretty good shot
0: entering new york city yeah i love this shot oh yeah
1: liz would be in front too (laughs) (laughs) i mean she come on yeah she's kind of the powerhouse right now
0: well and i think that she's got that confidence or you know what i mean real yeah yeah (laughs) right yeah amazing as they head into the it's got like the green sky and everything you know because they're approaching rasputin so uh awesome howards by mignola on this chapter three cover that is so cool Ah,
1: that's so good
0: yeah, how many times it.
1: have we seen him draw Howards?
0: I don't know if he has. Not a lot. Like, has Maniola drawn
1: Howards? Is this it? Is this Maybe the one? Maybe like
0: on The Prince and stuff like that. I know right. that he's drawn but him. This is but a great action shot. Yeah, I don't know if he's actually drawn Howards before. This is good. I like that. Another Ogdruham. That's the first line. And I feel like that's, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a, a little bit of irony, you know, in that comment because, I mean, how many of these have we seen? But yeah. as many as we see, Lawrence Campbell still steps up the monster work every single time because this one is like so impressive with all the eyes and like this mouth Ugh. thing on it and everything. Yeah. Creepy. In the BPRD ship, Phoenix, Howards, and Staz talk about the Ogdrahim. There's 369 of them according to O'Donnell. So they've all come back. Think of all the work that they did killing all those yeah, things uh,
1: yeah. in the Hell
0: Earth series. Pointless. I mean like year, years worth of their work. Yeah, yeah like destroying those things. I did think this was interesting because we see this epic shot of the Ogdruhem. So we see what's like going on in the global and then we get this on the ground shot of like an animal and like tentacles are coming out of it. No. and there's, like the... So like even on the ground, like everywhere, everything is just totally messed Horrible. up. There's just like monsters everywhere all over the place. I kind of like that macro and micro. Staz is freaking out about it, but Phoenix tells her to relax. She has a job to do. She's the one getting them to safety. It's what you've been getting ready for. And I, I feel like that line too, right? What you've been getting ready for. Like, I know Danielle's ready, right? Um, to just get there yeah. already. And so we cut over with that line to Hellboy, Liz, and Abe. And I love this conversation. I love the writing on this page. Because yeah. she's like, that thing at Hunt Castle or the dragon you killed in England? Roger killed the thing at Hunt Castle, Hellboy says. I read that report, Abe responds. It was you and him. Come on, Liz says. What was the biggest thing you ever took out? So that's what they're talking about. They're yeah, trying to and like. He's like, oh, I
1: don't know. And then this is a yeah. flashback to him being a gigantic monster in hell.
0: Yeah. So here, th- this is Leviathan. And you see how it doesn't have those fins? No, right. Well, kind of. Kind of. They're like kind of little. Oh, okay. Maybe that was Leviathan. I don't know. I just felt like there was a different design. Sure, maybe it's a different guy.
1: But no, I...
2: The other, the other thing had like big fins on its head. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so again, I'm still wondering what that other dragon was. I know we've seen it before. Anyway. Well, he's Leviathan 2 Electric Boogaloo. Okay. <laughs> um, but I love this Lawrence Campbell doing Hellboy in Hell. He can do everything. It's true. He can draw anything. It's incredible. and again like it's that style where it's kind of realistic you can kind of see what that would look like if there was a giant hellboy battling this thing anyway it's just mind-boggling my point is look at the things we face the stuff abe and i have faced without you liz says this is a fight we all started 25 years ago liz i walked into every one of those thinking that this could be it abe says this is how we go out but here we are liz responds when we go into the big ones together What's the worst that can happen? I don't know. What's What do you think? What's the worst that could happen?
1: This is something, isn't it? This thing that happens next year.
0: Over in the Elsewhere. Yeah, we haven't seen the Elsewhere since the Abe Sapien series where we saw Alice. And then we'll before say, that, yeah. we haven't seen it in a long time. And I love these two panels. There's only two panels. But whenever they cut to the Elsewhere, even when Sebastian Fumara did it, they always put it in this like ink wash thing, or yeah. what? What well, it's is the elsewhere? Yeah, so. and it's so effective. Like these two, it's two half pages, but there is so much storytelling there. And so we see Alice; she's looking out onto this red horizon. So is she looking into the humans' world, or she sees like everything is burning they look over like
1: there? They're waiting, right. for Someone.
0: Well,
2: I, I kind of took it as like it's like it's almost like a sunset. And mm-hmm. so they're watching the, su- I mean, in the way they're talking, it's like, I don't think they're coming back and all this. I feel like it's Is like the they're watching the sun setting yeah. on the earth for their final time. Wow. Is the
1: sun setting over there and then maybe rising over in a different area because that's how that works. Mm, okay. Oh.
0: Yeah, and, and again, just like Aubrey mentioned, I love this because it says, I don't think they're coming back. It, that line is actually part of the conversation that's in the next scene, but it goes perfectly with this. And that's just, uh, God, how do you put something like that together? You know what I mean? That's, yeah, good. Uh, that's very impressive. And again, this work by Lawrence Campbell and Dave Stewart on these Elsewhere scenes are just so beautiful. I don't think they're coming back as a dialogue from Nichols and Morrow, They got left behind in New York. That blows. I mean, these guys have been with the BPRD for a long time at this point. Nichols first appeared in BPRD Hell on Earth The Long Death. He was part of the team that Johan put together to go track Daimio. That was in 2012, but he mentioned that he had been with the Bureau since the Nebraska incident. That was Cothahem in the Black Flame. Casper Morrow... His story was published in 2016, but it seemed like that story took place in the 90s because Hellboy was still part of the BPRD. So this guy has been with the team for a long time, too. When we read that story, I was also thinking about this. I theorized that he didn't stay in the bureau and maybe he had become a writer like his mom wanted him to, and that's the story that he was writing. But no, he actually did stay with the BPRD the entire time, even till the end of the friggin' world. I'm doing
1: karate. I'm doing karate. These demons.
0: Yeah, so I like this dialogue, too, because uh, there's just some good moments. Nichols is like, how's your head? And he's like, there's a piece missing. Give me one of those. And Nichols is like, these aren't pain pills. So we learn more about those diseases, right? Right. He's like, he got something from one of the squid friends. Speaking of, and then we see those demon black flame monsters. Jesus, Nichols, you ever get sick of killing monsters, Moro ass? Not really, Nichols responds. And they start taking out all the monsters. And I know we keep making fun of Moro, but I really like him. And oh my god, they did the shinai and the Kendo.
1: Jeez, come
0: on. They did it, I, and it's like, and I really like that. I liked it more than you would think, because I hadn't read the story, A Promised Smile, when I had read this issue. Like, I actually didn't even know who this guy was. So... I thought it was so cool that they would bring that back. You know, he's made the Shania, it looks like, and then he's, like, kicking over here, the monsters. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Yeah, but him and Nichols look pretty outnumbered. It doesn't look too optimistic for them. Over in West Africa, wow, Campbell and Stewart. How many times am I going to say it in one episode? <laughs> Th- these, uh, these West Africa... And it reminded me also of... Um, the third wish, right? And that rhino imagery and all that kind of stuff. We saw a lot of that in those Hellboy stories. We're just cutting all over. We see the anxiety of people going into the hole in the ground, right? This, this one guy is like, oh, this ain't right. And then this one guy's like, hey, you're scaring my kid. If you want to take your chances up here... And then I love this panel as they both help each other into the hole. I think, like, that would be, like, that would be on the cover of a magazine, you know, if something like that really happened. Like, the first people actually, like, going down into there.
1: Right. Photography was still a thing, which it would not be. Right.
0: <laughs> the ship is preparing to land. And we also see these people in Uganda. They're trying to figure out which haven they're going to go to and how they'll get there. And we see, like, the woman run out. I kind of think this is interesting when you get these shots of, like, you know, what would really be happening? And so this woman is trying to run down the street. We see it's all packed with traffic. And then when we turn the page, there's like a huge explosion. People are getting fried and then more monsters. So, like, things are escalating so quick. We cut.
1: O'Donnell o- still in the mix.
0: Yeah. We cut to Lake Toluda, upstate New York. So that's not a real place. But Lake Talluda was the lake where Cavendish Hall was in Seat of Destruction. And I, and this looks like saduham with all the eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. And then we see frog monsters.
1: Oh, uh, jeez. So
0: this is all the Seed of Destruction stuff coming back from Cavendish Hall. We, oh, look, we even see under the, under the saduham there's, like, the foundation of the mansion or whatever. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And the BPRD helicarrier crash lands. And it looks like Phoenix is taking care of Connor now. And as it crashes down, it looks like it breaks in half, right? The way that it crashes. Yeah, I was thinking they're not going to be able to fix it this time. Right. And so they all just run out. And we've got all the BPRD agents firing. We've got Howard's leading the pack. And we got to talk about this moment, right? So Howard's is pulling O'Donnell through. And there's some like distress up ahead. So then O'Donnell, he stops Howard's. And he says, focus on them, agent. And Howard's goes forward, and O'Donnell just, like, stands, and he puts his arms up. Like, this fucking got me. Like, this was one of the ones where I was just like, O'Donnell is... He thought he was going to become a fly monster when he died. Remember earlier, he was like, oh, you don't want to know what happens when you die. Horrible shit's going to happen, because he was, like, messed with all those fly people in that ceremony back in that Hellboy story. He's been with the BPRD since 1987, and... um. Yeah, he totally gets taken out by these frog monsters. And just that act of defiance of like, you're going to take me and not my friends. You know what I mean? I'm going to help them get to where they need to go. I've already seen all this come to pass. I don't know. I thought that that was a really powerful moment. That really got me in this issue. I was like. I was
1: hoping he would make it. I was hoping he would make it and he would help establish the new society underground and help people and whatever. Like, you know, I don't know. It's also
2: crazy to see the frog monsters because we really haven't seen them in a long time. But it's kind of, it, I don't know, it's kind of weird to think that you know that are these the same ones? Because when the last time we saw the the brothers take their mom underwater, I mean, are these like
0: right?
2: Are these the the frog monster brothers and their?
0: Bread? I thought those I thought those two ones, uh, the brothers were the ones that Roger killed in the War of Frogs, and then maybe remember later he was like oh, that was pointless, right. you know what I mean?
2: right i forgot about that yeah but yeah
0: still. but remember when the frogs would get you they would leave those spots all over you and we see that on O'Donnell here yep mm-hmm. it does this a lot where we get the dialogue from the next scene on the previous panel so now this is hellboy talking this is what we've heard about for so long what malcolm frost warned broom about everyone from him to rasputin to witches warlocks goddamn hecate they all said it would be me. Even in England, the whole thing that happened there, the idea was always that somehow I was gonna do this. And this is like, well, you never listen to them. That's the important part. And again, we just get this. Hayden Orr talked about the melancholic sadness of Hellboy. You know, a, he's
1: such a gloomy and, boy. And I
0: feel like we really get that. Every he's got a lot of these panels where he's just like looking longingly, such a sad, mopey you know, boy. Yeah. And Abe is like, uh, so when we were running from him, and I love we cut back to this panel where it's like, master over all mankind, and they're like running away. He says, did it seem like he was focused on Phoenix? Right. Yeah, so I want to remember that. We'll come back to that. We cut back over to Lake Taluda, and the frogs get staz. She was brand new, trying to do her best to lead. Yeah, she totally gets taken out by the frogs, too. Yeah, she cops it. And the one doctor, she starts running towards the cave, but they call to stop her. Well, we're running into a goddamn hole in the ground, Phoenix says. And more of the monsters are attacking. Howard has to come up there to the mouth of the cave to help these agents. Lawrence Campbell was doing so much work here to keep us on pace with this story. It kind of keeps jumping around. And I do like this, that Phoenix has kind of become the caretaker for Connor, right? She's taking over for Jiroko. yeah this one agent is getting leaped upon by these frog monsters and bruiser jumps in the way and he gets clawed by one of the monsters so that was also like oh Come you better on. not you better not do anything to bruiser god damn it
1: you hurt as many humans as you want you don't hurt a dog you don't purposely yeah. put a dog in a prominent role in a story and then have the dog get hurt like no it's unacceptable
0: I had forgotten about that ronk, ronk noise that the frog monsters make. It's so, like, I can hear it. You know what I mean? We heard it for so many issues. Yeah, it's crazy to have these frog monsters back. And the way that Lawrence Campbell draws them are so horrifying. And it's got, again, that realistic kind of feel. But it looks like Bruiser's all right. He's still there, right? Maybe he just got scratched. And Phoenix kind of looks off. And one of the agents is like, look alive. And we just cut to her, like, just crying. But we see that she's talking to Eris. Eris says, take this boy, go inside. And Phoenix is like, what is down there? I can't tell. I can't tell if it's safe. Nothing feels safe now. This world, those kids in Texas, they didn't follow you just because you steered them away from danger, Eris says. I'm glad I could help you with that, Phoenix, but there's so much more to you. You aren't coming, Phoenix asks. Remember how much you used to hate listening to me, Eris says. I've always loved you, Phoenix, but you don't need me to tell you anything now. And I, and we get this flashback from BPRD, Hell on Earth, New World, where Phoenix has that had that memory or that vision of her playing at the beach with her family. I'm finally free, Eris says, and then so she's not there anymore, which is kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's yeah. telling that. You know, Eris was there. She provided right. this kind of source for Phoenix to kind of that's see cool, into though. the that's future good that or whatever. She's
1: free, but why is she free?
0: I don't know. I kind of read it as like, kind of like that shot with the elsewhere, like the sun is setting on, yeah. like this is the ending point. That's what I'm for- saying is
1: that's that's what I'm saying is that is an interesting, like, ooh, something's happening. Yeah. And so that's, um, it's kind of ominous and foreboding.
0: Yeah. Or
1: is it going to be good? Yes. Is it good and peaceful? So it's one of those things where I don't know what to expect, but it's something big is happening there. And that's just another sign.
0: Howard's Phoenix and the agents look into the cave and they hear a roar. Back over with Hellboy, Abe, and Liz. He's near. And Hellboy's like trailing behind Liz and Abe. And we see he's talking to Ed Gray again. So again, he's in this other realm or whatever. He's seen other things. He really did a number on you, Ed. You'll face him, Ed Gray tells Hellboy. What about them? They each have their part to play, Ed Gray responds. This is not what he imagined. He brought all of this on. Others tried, but only he was able to make it happen. This one's going to hurt, isn't it? Hellboy asks. Yes, Hellboy. This is going to hurt, Ed Gray says. And then Abe calls to Hellboy, and he points towards Rasputin, and they approach him. And this is like, I love this. Again, that realistic style it just boggles my mind. It just looks so awesome. Like I, I could see this very cinematically, and I kind of like how they're approaching him from behind. We don't see Rasputin as this like looming giant thing. It's kind of like this. Um, it's kind of
1: turning around and they're we, sort of.
0: It, we talked about this too. Even like there was a panel. There was a, a a story where there was a Hecate, and she was a big giant thing. Right, and they had. Framed her where she was turned away yeah. from the center of the frame, and it gave it this like realistic feel. Yeah. Just something about it. it doesn't look so posed, I guess. Exactly.
1: But- yeah. If you saw just a giant ghost man, yeah, <laughs> a giant ghost man just like hovering about a destroyed city, like that's what it would look like yeah. if you're walking up there. Ugh, creepy.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: This is on fire. Everything's going poorly. <laughs> So,
2: a the cast on his arm yeah when then, they
1: got back up in the ship after uh uh jerocco passed away right, Oh, right,
0: right, yeah right, I remember right, the right, medics yeah. the medics were working on him you can also see he has something on his shoulder that's where von klemp shot him mm. in that previous story oh I, I guess based on everything like I can tell danielle's just ready to to get there right well I just it,
1: it, I find it hard to believe that there's only two issues left and we haven't even gotten into it yet right so, i don't know so it's just interesting as far as but i mean
0: it, but but things are moving so fast i mean we've lost like yeah in these three issues right. we lost like so many characters that we there were so many more deaths and everything and it's like it I is guess i just
1: don't know what to expect though like it's moving at quite a clip yeah but it is still like what are it what is it moving towards what are they getting at right it's so vague and it's so like it's a lot of building up and it seems like it's in the beginning stages of something and they're like oh we're going to go in these caves but we're not going to show you what's in the cave and oh we're going to show you a little tiny snippet of the fey but we're not going to s- it's mm. just like of like 1 second of- and oh we're going to show you 1 second of this and 1 second of that and 1 second of this and 1 second of that and it's it's it seems like it's going but it's like it's starting and stopping it's uh. going at kind of like this shuddering little oh here's a snippet of them fighting these guys what's go- like <laughs> what <laughs> There's two issues left. They they're gonna go talk to Rasputin. They're gonna talk to him. Okay. They're gonna have a conversation with him. Like, what's gonna happen?
0: We'll, we'll have to wait and see.
1: I'm mad. <laughs> I want to read it.
0: What did you think, Aubrey, re- when we when we re- got here to the end of this? Uh, John, will um, let third me read issue?
1: it, you guys. He said I can't read ahead.
2: You know, I mean, I, I definitely did, was like not happy about stopping because I want to know what's going to happen. But you know, I thought the I thought the I actually thought the comic was well paced and. And I like how they're kind of just, they're not revealing all their cards in their hands right at the beginning, because they still do have two issues left. But I thought, like, the way that it was paced you know, it's like, bam, this, bam, that, you know, things are just, all this shit is happening, but you know, we did see Little Donald die, and Joroco die, and you know, we just saw Ashley Strode last week. So
0: it looks like Nichols and Morrow. I don't know if they're gonna make it either, you know what I mean Yeah,
2: I mean I'd be I, I, I was actually surprised that they made it that far right I thought they I thought they got it when the water came in. so but I, I've been enjoying it i'm I'm kind of curious to see where we're gonna go and and I know it's like th- this is this is it. this is the end. this is what all you guys are talking about. Uh, last year or something you guys are all like oh my god did you read it don't talk to Aubrey and Danielle about it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: yeah no that's totally true so and I'm excited to get there I'm glad but but I am glad with your response too because I feel like that's a lot of how a lot of people read felt when it was coming out and if you want to already get there and you don't feel like they could wrap it up. Like, I think that I, I think that that's kind of good. I mean, I feel like that's kind of, you know, it winds you up for this kind of, uh, No, yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm saying like that I'm invested in now. I want to know what happens. Of course that's good. Like, yeah, that's the desired result when you're, if you're writing or illustrating a story and the response is, well, fucking tell me what happens then. Like that's, you know, that's the desired result. Like that is 100% what you want. I'm not saying that... I'm. Um, this is not like a fucking criticism yeah. of the way they're writing this. This is just like the suspense. Yeah. This is a lot of buildup. And so I guess I'm sort of wondering like how. Right. How can you possibly... How can
0: you pay it off?
1: Wrap this up in two issues. And that's, again, this is not me leveling any kind of criticism of like disbelief. It's not like a disbelief kind of a thing. It's just like... I am anticipating it, right? basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a criticism. It's just like, I wonder what will happen, (laughs) basically. I don't know.
0: Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get to it next week. Wow, we're going to have so much to talk about. I'm definitely going to have to do a lot of my homework. I'm excited to listen to all of our awesome feedback from our listeners. Keep sending in those intros.
1: Yeah, if you want to record a thing, just send it in. Just be like, hey, this is... This is so and so book club member. I just want to say that you're listening to the Hellway Book Club podcast, and we're all friendship. And also, here's the thing that happened that I'm gonna talk about. You can leave your feedback in a in a verbal. Note. Oh, that would
0: be cool too. Yeah. Like, hey, what's yeah. the deal
1: with this? I'm gonna talk about this for a second. What do you think, guys? Back to you, John. Yeah. You can say the thing. You say it.
0: That would be back great. To you,
1: Aubrey, whatever. Say you, the thing. You, you, awesome. you say all the things, and we'll put it in here. And it'll be like you're on here with us. Yeah,
0: that would be awesome. It'll be fun. And make sure to check out the Buff Raffle over at Mike Mignolo's Art on Facebook. You only have a couple more weeks. Get those donations in. There's some amazing prizes. All these causes are so worthy of your money this holiday season. So I hope that people will donate and let's make this the most successful fundraiser that Craig's ever had. Go check out those prizes and there's more to be announced. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. As we're getting closer to the end... I know you guys have thoughts and
2: I want to hear them are you guys all upset too that uh, you know things aren't moving are you uh, thinking they're moving great I don't know send us a hey you damn guys at Hellboy book club at gmail.com you can follow us on Facebook at Hellboy book Club podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy book club. You can also find all of our resources on our Podbean website and our Facebook about section and our link tree on our Instagram and Twitter as always We want to say thank you to the Side Street Steppers for the lovely song they provided for us. Thank you so much. And always thank you to Mark Trudell for helping with the reading order. And John for the amazing editing work that he's been doing. It is stellar. Yeah, Thank you guys for listening. Thank you Danielle for being awesome and definitely check out the Buff Raffle. Great cause and you get a chance to get a great prize and leave us a review on the iTunes. Open up the app. Leave us five stars if we're worth it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find the podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast from. Next week, we are finishing BPRD The Devil You Know, Ragnarok Issues 4 and 5. Wow. Oh, you know what to do You got those trades You got the digitals You got the individual issues And I know you guys have thoughts So join us next week on the Hellboy Book Hub Podcast
0: Thanks for listening everybody I'm John Salinas
1: And I'm Daniel
0: And I'm Aubrey Loveless saying Yes Hellboy,
2: this is gonna hurt no-
1: Oh no What's gonna happen We're gonna go live underground with Frankenstein And dinosaurs probably